Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. I'm Tim Fitzgerald of GoPowerCat.com. And I'm Scott Chasen. This is a replay of WIBW show, The Drive. Here's this week's episode on the 24-7 Sports Podcast Network. Good evening, Wildcat and Jayhawk fans, and welcome to The Drive, sponsored by Briggs Auto Group. I am Tim Fitzgerald of GoPowerCat.com, and the man across the studio who does not want to sit next to me is Scott Jason. <laughs> well, Fitz, not only are we separated in, in this studio, we were separated in the Memorial Stadium press box. We could it, not have been more opposite. I, I don't think that was a coincidence. I know. They just kept us away. <laughs> it had to be a coincidence. You wouldn't ask them, too. You can interact with us on social media at facebook.com slash the drive show on twitter at the drive 13 and of course answer our weekly poll question and make your game predictions on our twitter page and remember if you ever miss an episode of the drive you can listen to an audio only version that will appear each monday morning in the form of a podcast at gopowercat.com where i hang out we start things off with our two-minute drill the two-minute drill sponsored by vanderbilt's your work boot center well, Fitz, K-State rolled to a 35-10 victory over KU for its 13th straight victory in the Sunflower Showdown. I know you love that name. Mm. <laughs> what did mm. you see from these teams on Saturday? Yeah, when you think of great series in football, you think of the Sunflowers. Anyhow, yeah, I, I thought K-State looked really just solid. Uh, they didn't really have to extend themselves. They got out to an early lead. They led 21-3 at halftime. The defense had things under control. It was pretty clear that KU was really having problems with the running game and Deuce Vaughn in particular, but Joe Irvin did some nice things too. And then Skylar Thompson, I didn't think he was as sharp as he has been. He missed a couple throws in the second half, but then you look at his stats, I can't remember what it was, like 21 to 27. He's again around that 75-80% completion range, which is what he's been in the last few weeks. It's been really impressive to watch him develop uh, since coming back from that injury. Huge down field pass to Malik Knowles uh, and that was just more needed in the game but also in the season they really needed to get Malik back onto you know that kind of deep threat page which will help them going ahead but man Deuce Vaughn he just he took a handoff in the backfield got to the edge and went 80 yards and outran ran people with his little tiny legs uh, it was just so impressive uh, and I'm going to be blunt here the gap between these programs is pretty large. It, it is very significant to me uh, that KU just doesn't have the players to compete right now. Maybe it was this one given day, but KU just didn't look like uh, they were going to be able to compete with Kansas State. And that says a lot because Kansas State's struggled at times this year. So I, I think K-State's in a really good position. What I can't explain about Kansas, though, Scott, is their allergy to recruiting Kansas kids, and they've got to get over that. But for now, K-State's the program with about 60 Kansas kids on the roster. You know, you want to say that there's not enough talent in the state of Kansas. Well, four of K-State's five offensive linemen are from Kansas. So you can build a foundation with Kansas kids if you find the right ones. And Kansas State is doing that. They're in much better shape than they were three weeks ago. From three to three to six to three to to be in the upper half of the Big 12 standings, Scott. I was amazed, Scott, when I looked at the standings on 
Saturday night after the end of the last game uh, with Iowa State beating Texas. And K-State is alone in fifth place right now in the mm -hmm. conference standings. Just remarkable progress as they head into these final games. Well, we'll obviously have a lot more to say about this game, including shortly. But just to your point about the Kansas kids, we've heard a few different Kansas coaches say they want to correct that. David Beatty obviously did not. He had kind of some weird approaches to the state. Les Miles started to inch in that direction at times, but also had a lot of assistants who were more interested going into SEC country. I do think Lance Leipold is someone who wants to fix it, but we've also heard that before. So I, I guess at this point, it's probably more about action than, than what you can say. What, what I thought was interesting before he was even hired, when he was still at Buffalo, all of a sudden they started showing up as recruiting some Kansas City kids for mm -hmm. Buffalo. So I think he was looking ahead, understanding that there's some players out there I need to be on in case I get this job. Mm -hmm. Well, Scott, Kansas had two quarterbacks injured in the K-State loss. Apologize, Daniel Green. Do that right now. What is the state of that position moving forward? Well, it, it's a mess, Fitz, and it's a mess in part because of Kansas's doing. I'm not blaming Kansas for this, but Kansas made the decision early in the year to redshirt Jalen Daniels when he didn't win the quarterback competition. He was in the top two and, and arguably could have had as good a shot as anyone to actually win that starting job the way the year started. And then he kind of had an injury in preseason camp and they decided, you know, he's still dealing with some stuff from the last year where maybe he's uh, a little skittish because of how bad that offensive line was. And he's still, you know, he's young. He was a 17 year old freshman starting games. Okay, well, uh, they played him in two games early in the season. You only get four before you have to redshirt. Uh, Jason Bean comes out. He made a couple impressive uh, throws. He's been very up and down this year. Obviously, he is a threat uh, with his feet, but then he gets knocked out of the game. Miles Kendrick comes in. Miles Kendrick gets knocked out of the game. Jason Bean at this point has been warming up on the sideline. He's been trying to go, but it's very clear that his wrist or arm or something is bothering him because after every throw or two, he keeps grabbing it, kind of wincing. So eventually, Kansas does have to go back to Jalen Daniels. They tried to put Jason Bean back in. Uh, it looked very clear to me that he couldn't throw the ball, which is important when you're a quarterback. When he did throw it, his accuracy was bad, and he kept going back and grabbing that throwing arm, which um, fits obviously that's going to be a problem. So here's where that KU room stands. You've got one more game for Jalen Daniels if you want to preserve that red shirt, and in my opinion, I think it's paramount that you do so. You've made it this far in the season. You've given Jason Bean this kind of opportunity to play, and if he's able to play, I think you need to ride it out with him and preserve that year of eligibility, knowing that Jalen Daniels will be a third-year freshman going into next year. You don't often have that opportunity, and that's not to say that he's going to take advantage of the super senior year down the line and he's going to stay a bunch of years. It's not to say that, but it's to say that he at least could and that you're doing right by him. Now, uh, another kind of like lurking in the background storyline, Jalen Daniels was originally committed to Middle Tennessee before he was committed to Kansas. He committed to Brent Dearman, the offensive coordinator at the time of Kansas, who is now the offensive coordinator at Middle Tennessee. I don't think Jalen Daniels would be in danger of transferring at this point. I think he's a good kid with a good attitude about sticking it out in the program. But I will say this. If Kansas feels it needs to go out and get a transfer quarterback this offseason, and you have Jason Bean coming back, and Jalen Daniels on the roster, I would look for one of those guys to transfer because everyone isn't going to stick it out in that scenario. No, and I'll have some thoughts later in the show about the transfer portal and how it could work to KU and K-State's advantage and how it can work against them. But uh, hanging on to a good quarterback, you got to have a good quarterback. Mm -hmm. KU's best phase of football in recent history, great quarterback. Yeah. It all goes together. Absolutely. Well, Fitz, we got our first look at the college football playoff rankings last week. Oklahoma was the highest-ranked Big 12 team at number 8. Oklahoma State came in at number 11. Any thoughts on those teams where they stood in the inaugural playoff reveal? Well, 
yeah, I, I don't think the Big 12 was given much respect, but I don't think Oklahoma has earned a ton of respect. Yeah. But what bothers me about how the committee treated this is they seem more phased by unimpressive victories than losses. You know, they, 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 they don't want to reward you if, if you just barely beat someone they thought you should beat badly. But if you lose to Stanford and your Oregon, oh, that's okay. Stanford's awful now. Stanford's absolutely falling apart, and this should be reflected in the standings. And the reason why the Big 12 was kind of crowded out of the top is, honestly, there's one lost teams ahead of Big 12 teams that probably shouldn't be there. Alabama's number two in the standings. I get it, it's Alabama. The one I can't get over is Ohio State. Ohio State has had some unimpressive victories, including Saturday, so I want to see this reflected in the standings this upcoming week. They struggled with a Nebraska team that won't be going to a bowl game. Will that be reflected? Because right now it was really clear what the committee did. They wanted Ohio State somewhere up higher than what they could justify, so they put Oregon above them. That's who beat Ohio State. Just completely ignoring Oregon's loss. When you lose to a team that K-State handled, and that team continues to lose, I don't understand how you can be ahead of unbeaten teams. Yeah. Oregon doesn't belong up there. Cincinnati belongs up there. They're in the Big 12 in my mind. <laughs> Ohio State, or Oklahoma belongs up there. Mm -hmm. And Oklahoma State continues to press and play some pretty good football even though they've got a loss now. I, I'm, I'm struggling to understand what the committee was looking at and Gene Taylor, K-State's athletic director, is on that committee. What goes on in that room, Scott? I don't understand. Yeah, I think the one thing that stood out to me regarding at least the Big 12 teams in Oklahoma, I think we both probably agree, Oklahoma has the chance to play itself in because all their hard games are, are mostly ahead of them on the schedule. They still have a bunch of chances to impress. If you're a team like Cincinnati, though, and I know this wasn't really the question I asked you, but you've already won at Notre Dame. You've got as impressive a win as anyone has in college football. If you're, you're already on the outside looking in, you're undefeated and you have that impressive win, what chance do you have to move up when the teams behind you are going to have yeah. even more kind of games to sort of impress and maybe jump you along the way? I, I think this was an indication that Cincinnati has no shot to get in. I no. hope I'm wrong, but I don't think they have a shot. None, unless everyone absolutely starts losing. Yeah. And that's the only way they're going to get in. I'm telling you right now, they don't want to let an outsider in. This is a Power Five tournament, more specifically an SEC Big Ten tournament mm -hmm. in which they'll invite uh, maybe another team. Mm -hmm. Now a quick look at your poll question results. The poll questions are brought to you by Midland Exteriors. Love the home you live in. Call today for a free estimate. Well, last week's question was, will KU basketball win the Big 12 regular season title? We look at the results. 43% of people say they will win it outright. Another 20%, so about two-thirds combined, say a shared title. And 37% of people say, no, KU will not win the regular season title. At least 37% of K-Staters voted. <laughs> this week's question is, with K-State reaching bowl eligibility, is this year already a success? Easy answers, A, yes, B, no. Vote on our Twitter page at the Drive 13. Well, that will do it for this half of the two-minute drill, but we will be right back with more on KU and K-State on the Drive. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. 
Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to The Drive as we continue our weekly two-minute drill. And folks, you just missed me rapping. That's too bad it stopped right <laughs> A sight to behold, a sound to behold. It was incredible. Mm-hmm. The two-minute drill is sponsored by Vanderbilt, your work boot center. Well, Fitz, the Wildcats are now 6-3 and three on the season, 3-3 three and three in Big 12 play. What do these final three games mean for Chris Kleiman's program? It's been a really fascinating season for Kansas State. I mean, it, the season is literally breaking up into quarters. You had the non-conference quarter, and they won three games, and that was an accomplishment. Then they played what now we believe probably are the three best teams in the Big 12, and they lost all three, and the world was ending to some K-State fans. They went into the next phase, and they played maybe the three worst teams in the Big 12 in Tech, TCU, and Kansas, although TCU somehow beat Baylor. I can't figure that one out. And then they uh, move into what is facing them, West Virginia, Baylor at home, back-to-back weeks, and then you go to Texas the Friday after Thanksgiving. Now, if you look at the standings, those are quite literally the teams that might end up occupying the middle four spots in the Big 12 standings at season's end. So this is almost like a tournament for K-State to sort out, can they actually get to fourth in the Big 12 by running the table? Well, they would be, maybe even third, depending on what the other teams do. It's, It's fascinating to me how the schedule is played out and how loaded the Big 12 slate was for Kansas State. And it took these last three games for the Wildcats to really regain their confidence. And and they've always had a unified locker room this season. That hasn't been an issue, but they did get their confidence dented during those three games, and they had Skylar Thompson getting hurt. But now, Scott, they just seem like they're really bought in. They understand what they want to accomplish on offense and defense. The defense has been really sound for three weeks in a row. The offense has put up some pretty decent statistical numbers and been pretty efficient. Even though they're not blowing people out, that's not exactly how they're built. This week's game against West Virginia at Bill Snyder Family Stadium, it's 11 a.m. kick, is absolutely enormous for the program to set up what's going to happen the next two weeks. And here's why. Chris Kleiman is 0-6 against the three teams that he faces to close out the schedule this season. And for some reason, they haven't been particularly competitive against these three teams. It's an enormous stretch for Chris Kleiman and his program because he can kind of like, I always talk about this, step over other teams. You've got to climb that ladder, and right now there's 10 rungs on that ladder, and you know you can't reach the top right now, but you can get there eventually if you keep climbing. Well, Fitz, I remember going into this three-game stretch that they just went 3-0, and and we were talking about, hey, 2-1 and would be pretty good to mm-hmm. go 3-0. Incredibly impressive. Obviously, Kansas is probably the easiest of the three. Uh, yeah, now it's up to see what they can do the rest of the way. And let's be honest, there's a big difference between the bowl for a six-win team mm-hmm. or a nine-win team. and and we'll see where they end up. Well, Scott, KU basketball had its only exhibition game on Wednesday and blew out Emporia State. What was your biggest takeaway other than Emporia State's uniforms were cool? <laughs> well, Fitz, it was interesting that Remy Martin did not start this game, the star transfer for Kansas, and uh, that reason had nothing to do with basketball. Chris Tehan, a super senior walk-on, actually started in his place. Obviously, his brother was a pretty good player, turned into a pretty good player at Kansas. Uh, but that was probably more about sending a message to Remy Martin after what Bill Self described as a couple of lackluster practices. Look, Remy Martin is unquestionably talented, and when he stepped foot on the court, I think it was like the 12 or 13-minute mark in the first half when they finally put him in. He was not the first guard off the bench, but make no mistake, he will be the starter once the real games start happening. Uh, He was electric. He 
pulled up for a bunch of difficult shots. He wowed the crowd at Allen Fieldhouse, which was, you know, right near capacity, though not quite at it. And uh, he really put on a show. He did it with a big smile on his face. He's someone that uh, Bill Self has compared that kind of on-court charisma to a guy like a Devontae Graham. Though, you know, obviously, if he were as good a player as Devontae Graham, that would be the next step. As for this KU roster, it's still a work in progress with so many new pieces. You saw Dewan Harris was, you know, a starter in this first game with no Jalen Wilson in this one. Um, after, you know, he was uh, arrested on suspicion of a DUI, he's going to miss the first few games of the season. And for Dewan Harris, he really impressed. He was a pest defensively. He's someone that I think has earned his way into a bigger role with what he's done preseason. The team will still be working in pieces as Jalen Wilson returns, as Remy Martin figures out how to play within the Kansas offense because I think he's used to playing one way. He's been around the block. He's averaged 19 plus points per game the last two years, but it's a little bit different at Kansas. You don't necessarily have guards who go and do that. Now, come these you know big games where there might be a minute left and it's a close game, Kansas last year lacked that player like Remy Martin who could just go and get his own. In certain games last year, Kansas lacked a defensive intensity where they could just turn a team over and use it to spark a run. I think those are things you might have this year with guys like DeJuan Harris, who's returning, Joe Yesifu, even Remy Martin can use his quickness, but it's a lot of pieces that need to fit together and will still need to fit together when Jalen Wilson comes back in a few games. So there's a, this is a work in progress. I expect it to be a very good KU team, a lot to figure out still. Well, K-State also had a exhibition game. They looked improved. I'll have more next week after they open their season on Wednesday. And now we step out of bounds and out of bounds is brought to you by Copeland Insur- Insurance Agency. More part of your community for more than 60 years. God, Scott, what's wrong with me? <laughs> well, Am I okay? Fitz, uh, we're, we're going out of bounds, so I'll try not to hit you too hard, although maybe you could use it to, to knock back into it. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs uh, faced off uh, against the Packers without Aaron Rodgers just a little bit ago, and the Chiefs were able to kind of eke out a close win. Any thoughts on how that game went? God, it was a horrible game. Yeah. The Chiefs just don't look good, and, and they are so lucky, fortunate, blessed to catch the Packers without Aaron Rodgers because mm-hmm. Jordan Love wasn't overwhelmingly good in this game. 13-7, to I think, says about all you need to know about this game. Something's terribly wrong with the Kansas City Chiefs offense, and my theory is they're so addicted to Patrick Mahomes throwing the ball, they can't adjust and do something really kind of wacky, apparently, to Andy Reid. It's called run the ball. I heard on the radio that on their in the first half of this game where they scored all 13 of their points, they ran the ball seven times on the opening scoring drive, and then they ran it like three times the rest of the first half. So they, they've got to find themselves again. Defense looked better, but again, this wasn't the Packers' offense that we usually know with Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I think one additional concerning sign, there was a sequence where Mahomes did not throw to Travis Kelsey, who's wide open just a few yards downfield. Instead, he tried a deep shot. Kelsey noticeably uh, frustrated. Well, on second down, they go to Kelsey, drops the ball. And, and it's part, things like that where, yes, plays are still available when you take that deep shot and then you try and kind of matriculate down the field. The issue is when you throw that offense out of rhythm, it looks a lot uglier, it looks a lot worse. And I think the Chiefs, kind of like you were saying, they need to find a rhythm. And if defenses are giving them that short game, that's what they need to take at least for now. They're so fortunate that the Packers came to town immunized from scoring (laughs) many points. That's how that goes. (laughs) Now let's hear from our fans. Our fan question is sponsored by Metal Ark, supporting people and living their best lives. Well, this week's fan question is, Fitz, is Chris Kleiman getting enough respect from K-State fans? That's from Lee in Manhattan. You know, I, I think fans were a little too eager to be negative after they opened the season with those three losses to what we now know to be pretty good teams. Even though Iowa State was struggling a little bit at the start, they're pretty good. Yeah, I think 
it's going to be just fine. And maybe they will get to the eight wins that I predicted at season start. I think that would be good. I think there's a big difference between seven and eight. We'll see how these last three games go play out. But you can't be losing to teams three years in a row when you should be competitive with them. And that's what could happen if they don't win these last three games. Well, remember to ask us your questions on our Facebook page and on Twitter at The Drive 13. And when we return, we will look at our predictions here on The Drive. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome back as we head down the home stretch of this week's show. Now it's time to take a look at our predictions. Remember to make your weekly predictions on our Twitter page at the Drive 13. Here are last week's results. Scott, your consistency is impressive. It's amazing, actually. You're you're really hitting on about one out of two. <laughs> pretty pretty much overall, that's one out of two. Yeah. I went 2-1. and one. The fans went 3-0. and oh. Well done to get back to 500, but I'm still killing all of you. You're all mine. Here's this week's picks. We start with the game in Manhattan. This line shocked me when it came out. It came out originally K-State is a six-point favorite at home over a West Virginia team that's been pretty good at times. It's, mm-hmm. We're picking it at five and a half, so we're picking on an uneven number. I will take K-State, but I won't be surprised if this game is decided in K-State's favor by less than six points. Yeah, I actually thought there was a chance this would be a pick so yeah. I was very surprised. I will take West Virginia, but based off my track record, if you're a K-State fan, you're probably ecstatic. Uh, I, I can't <laughs> figure out West Virginia at all. They yeah. just looked really awful against Oklahoma State at home. It's really weird. They've been a roller coaster. Well, yep. uh, next is Kansas football, plus 29 and a half at Texas Fitz. Texas by 30 or more. Who you got? I, I think they're going to play Jalen Daniels, so I'm going to go with Kansas. They're going to keep it under 30. I think this is a tight one. I will go with Texas to be different. We'll see what happens. Man, I don't feel good about that. <laughs> and our last game of the week is Kansas Hoops, minus mm-hmm. four and a half versus Michigan State. Scott, I eagerly await your choice, and I will pick the other. Yeah, I've gone back and forth on this like 10 times. Kansas is a work in progress. Michigan State has Tom Izzo, which has given Kansas trouble before, but Kansas has also won games in the series before. I'll go with Kansas. I feel horrible about this one, and I I really don't have much more to say. That leaves me the Spartans. Again, make your picks on our Twitter page, at the Drive 13 Now it's time for our On the Clock segment. On the Clock is sponsored by Carpet One by Local for a strong local community. Scott, take it away. Well, I wanted to spend a few seconds on the late hit by Gavin Potter because there were some things that bothered me about that, like they did, obviously, Lance Leipold, who not only called the play unacceptable, but said he said something to Chris Kleiman after the game that that's not the way Kansas is going to play. Based off how Lance Leipold has handled discipline, especially behind the scenes things you hear about practice, I expect that that will be a talking point. 
The thing that really bothered me, because sometimes those hits do happen, you don't want them, they can get people hurt, they're not good, but they do happen, is after Gavin Potter had that kind of cheap shot hit on the quarterback, he then got up, he flopped to try and draw a penalty, kind of cowered away from the people coming at him. If you're going to be the tough guy, you need to be the tough guy. I thought it was pretty cowardly of him to do that. So not a good moment for KU by any account. Yeah, it was it was not good. Um, the transfer portal. This is something that Kansas can leverage, and Kansas State too, to try to get better in a hurry. Go get some guys that get you better. The problem is, will the better schools above, even if you're K-State, start bleeding off some of those good players to keep for themselves? It's going to be give and take at the portal. That's it for this week's edition of The Drive. We'll see you next week right here and all week on social media. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.